things that bump in the night. Things that creep us out. Voices from another realm. The figures that move out of the corner of your eye. That odd light in the sky. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to It Came From Amity. Welcome. Uh, we are back in the studio this week, as promised. And uh, we're going to break away from the Demonic Possession series. We're going to continue that next week. Uh, I sprung this um, topic on Noah last night, actually. Something to do in the future, and he's really excited to go ahead and do it. So we're going to do it, and we're going to talk about the infamous Indrid Cold. Which is an alien-themed, right? We're going from supernatural to paranormal, Yeah, right? Yeah, th- this guy here, if you want to call him that, uh, showed up around the time of the Mothman incident in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Interesting. I love the Mothman. So there's a theory uh, in, in the paranormal and supernatural that says everything is connected. And, you know, if you talk about Ender Cold, and then there's Mothman, and then there's Men in Black. All three of them are connected um, in some way or another. And so this here, he Ender Cold. So I, to kind of give you the backdrop here, some people have been have heard him in popular media as the Grinning Man or the Smiling Man, uh, and apparently he. And the reason he's called that is because of the very creepy, unearthly, wide, big grin that's disproportionate to the rest of his face. We made a joke about him being like the Joker earlier. And there's a lot of people that have compared him to that based on the sketch that um, has been made. There's been several sketches that have been made based on uh, one of the original descriptions by... uh, well, we'll get to his name here in a little bit. Um, but so if any of you out there are familiar with the Mothman incident, some of you maybe have seen the um, movie that was made with Richard Gere as a star called The Mothman. Uh, you might be familiar with Andrew Cold from that um, because he appeared in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, like right after The Mothman appeared. So, and I'll try not to give too much information because we do want to make this nice concise in one episode um so you have the incident in point pleasant which is a hotbed of the strange paranormal anyway especially after the mothman incident so are you going to tell us about the incident does it, does it really matter in this? Or? Not at this point. We we will discuss that. We'll, basically, a bridge collapsed and killed people. Yeah, so... That's basically Apparently, what yeah. In Point Pleasant, there was a bridge, and it was an old bridge. It needed repair, and but before the bridge collapsed, everybody was seeing the Mothman. And, and well, not everyone, but a lot of people were, and... Shortly after his appearance, the bridge collapsed. 
there was, I guess there was an incident, I think it was in Chicago, Illinois, or, out, or a suburb of Chicago, where people were seeing, I think it was like after Point Pleasant, I think it was like in the 70s, there was another incident where people were seeing this strange thing in the sky and around, and then there was a bridge collapse there. We were doing a, we did, I think me and my friends were just chatting about it, and we were looking at all the sightings of the Mothman. Mm -hmm. There have been a ton of them all the way up until like 2009. Yeah. And so, and that's they say they say he's at Harbinger Doom. They yeah. say that he, you know, if you see him, something bad is going to happen. Something. It's pretty interesting, man. And we'll talk about the Mothman in a future episode. That I could promise. It's one of my favorite. Uh, I guess he's a cryptid. Yeah, yeah, it's one be. of my favorites. So there is a story, and and what will there's what some people say is the first sighting of of Ender Cold. And I don't believe it to, and that's my personal opinion. You can look it up yourself. I'm not going to include the story because I don't think it's him. I think it's another smiling man sighting, but I don't think it's Ender Cold. So we're going to talk about where Ender Cold come into prominence, especially within the zeitgeist of the paranormal and the strange. So it was basically, it happened November 2nd of 1966, and this is after the Mothman incident and after the bridge collapse at Point Pleasant. And there was a man named Woodrow Derenberger, and he was driving home on his uh, on Interstate 77, and he heard a crash. And he said the there was a craft that landed in front of his truck in, in the way he described it, as he quotes, an old-fashioned kerosene lamp chimney flaring at both ends, narrowing down to a small neck, and then enlarging in a great bulge in the center. And... It's at this point he says that the grinning man comes out, walks over to his window, and Derenberger rolls it down. And he doesn't even have an actual verbal conversation. He says everything happened telepathically. And that his name was Injured Cold, and he meant him no harm. Uh, Cold basically told Derenberger that he just wanted to know more about the human race and that he would visit Derenberger again. Now, if that's not ominous, I don't know what is. So after they counter, is that where the "I come in peace" thing comes from? I think that has. I think I mean, you no one. harm. I come in peace. Right. I think that's big one. Is like think that that's where it was actually coined from. So, Derenberger stated it later is that Cold revealed that he was from the planet Lenulos in the galaxy of Ganymedes or Genomedes. And then, um, there's actually an interview that you can look up on YouTube where. Um, Darren Berger is being interviewed and he talks about the incident with Ender Cold. Um, so apparently there was a, I'll call it, they say the third sighting, I'll call it a second sighting. It was around the same time period and there was a family uh, in Point Pleasant where there was a family called Lily who had uh, been having poltergeist activity in their home. They'd see lights in the house, uh, like floating lights. Yeah. Uh, they would uh, have all kinds of incidents happening throughout the house. You know, do your typical poltergeist type stuff. But apparently one night, uh, the daughter, her name was Linda, she was sleeping one night, and she said she woke up and she saw a man standing over her. And she described him looking like this. He was a man, a big man, very broad. I couldn't see his face very well, but I could see that he was grinning at me. He walked around the bed and stood right over me. I screamed again and hid under the covers, and when I looked again, he was gone. So 
again, this happened around the same time, but after the incident with Derenberger. Now, people have speculated that he was an alien. Uh, some people have speculated he's actually connected to the MIB. So if you guys remember, if you guys have been listening far enough back, I think uh, Men in Black, I think, was our second episode. I think we did Black Eyed Children, and we did Men in Black after that. So we talked about the Men in Black, when they show up, how they show up, and what they're really are. What if he was sent from the Men in Black to investigate the Mothman? It could be. But it'd be weird that he would show up in a spaceship, though. True. Instead of one of their quintessential black... Cadillacs or Cadillac. Whatever they have, yeah. I don't know. But um, some people speculate that actually what Endercold is is a species of alien uh, with multiple grinning men running around. Maybe that's where the first sighting was and the third sighting is. It may not have been Endercold in, in those first and third incidents. Just They're just the same species of extraterrestrials is one theory. But some people say that because the descriptions of in your cold and then these other grinning man sightings is that they look just like us. The skin tone is the same. They have hair, eyes, nose, mouth, everything. But some people have theorized that, that they're more shapeshifters than they are actual human specimens because the likelihood of an alien species taking on the same evolutionary track to look just like us would be, I mean, one in a million. I mean, it'd be very, I mean, that's, I mean, that's not. Unless I, we were created from aliens and they yeah. are our genes, you Which know. Which is a popular theory. Yeah. I mean, that is a theory with a lot of, I would say a lot, but a good portion of ufologists and, and some others that we're actually not terrestrial ourselves. And there's actually a theory that a lot of terrestrial life actually isn't terrestrial. Uh, people say that octop- octopus, octopuses, octopi, whatever the plural that is, uh, they, they seem to theorize that they're not terrestrial, that they are extraterrestrial because of their ability to learn and to adapt. Um, even the most... Plus, they're just so weird. They are. I mean, and that's the thing is like if people have like been put like testing octopus octopuses uh, a lot more than they used to. I think it's octopussy. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> but um, but they've actually been studying them and like, put, like making them solve puzzles and making them try to like figure their way out of traps and stuff. And they're super adaptive. And they said that their brain activity is like off the charts for anything else aquatic. Like they just don't have that type of processing. So, uh, like, you know, like your squids can don't operate the same as they do. They're just on a totally different level. I never knew they were smart or considered smart. That's crazy. Yeah, they're not like YouTube, man. It, it's nuts. Like to watch an octopus, like, and 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 have like some marine biologist like, okay, we're gonna throw you in this trap, and you, like. Like, they can literally, you could put an octopus, I've seen videos where they'll put an octopus in a jar. And the octopus will suction cup himself up inside of that lid and unscrew it from the inside. Don't they have, like, really big brains, too? Yeah, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. They're, yeah. they're, 
their ability to process and problem solve and and just the way they manipulate it, it it's obvious that there's critical thinking involved like it's nuts yeah like it's it's truly nuts that's crazy dude yeah so so yeah there is a very popular theory that that there might be more to terrestrial life than what we think that that we're not all terrestrial uh, and you know that's for the you know the individual to discern whether they are or they're not so in this case inner cold definitely i don't think is and a lot of people seem to think he's a shapeshifter and that that species is a shapeshifter so it kind of goes along the same lines as like black eyed kids when we talked about them like and there's actually a theory about these humanoid creatures, whether it be demonic or extraterrestrial, is that they take on our our looks to a point, but they can't get it all right. Like there's there's they're like almost like there's an unwritten rule they cannot one hundred percent mimic us. Their voices might be off, their vernacular might be off. It's like in a movie when somebody's lying. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to hide like a dead body, but they're trying to go out about and is normal. Right. And then they say one wrong thing and mm-hmm. it's like, wait a minute, you weren't there when that happened or, or, right. you know, the person picks apart one little thing they said or acted different. So in this case, it's the grin. Yeah. In black eyed kids, it's obviously the eyes. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and that goes, I mean, even with Isn't that called like uncanny Valley or something like that. I can't remember. There's there where everything is. They use this in animation. Mm-hmm. Everything looks realistic to us, except for one little thing. But that one little thing is what we notice. Well, that's like when you do, um, like, uh, like in movies when they do like military and law enforcement. Because I guess there's, there's almost like I know like there's like some law like that you can't 100% have the uniform down. So there's usually something uniform that's off. So so that way they comply within that law or that within that mandate, and so it's it's like that. It's like it's almost like this paranormal rule or this paranormal law. Like like we just can't get it one hundred percent right. We have to give them some kind of tell, but they got to find it. Yeah. And usually, and like I said, when we did the black eyed kids, they have a couple. Well, obviously the black eyes, but then it's the way they talk. Like there was this one case where this woman was answered a door, and the black eyed kids, I guess one of them said. We're lost. Can we use your telegraph? And she's like, "My what?" So, I mean, it's all there's a tell, and you have to pick it up. Yeah. So, in in your colds case or in these grinningman cases, it's the grin um, that gives them away. So, uh, like even in doppelganger cases, where you know you see someone you think you know, and they look just like someone, but something's off. Your your brain is picking up on the on that there's something not 100%, but hey, that guy looks just like Noah, but something is off. So you become a little leery about approaching this individual looks just like Noah because you, your, your senses are telling you that something is, is wrong. And then later on, you might be thinking about it, go, oh, well, his hair is a different length than it was the other day. It's not like he grew three extra inches of hair, or it's not like he, you know, just, you know, didn't, you know, just shaved his beard. And I know for a fact he didn't. There's always something that's off. 
and it's up for you to pick it out. And I think that they, and it's weird that it happens that way. So, in, and Ender Cold makes another appearance, and we're going to talk about this guy uh, probably in the next few weeks. We might wait till after the new year, because of, um, I think it'll probably be at least a two-parter for sure, where we talked about it here at the beginning of the episode, uh, author John Keel, when he did his book, The Mothman Prophecies. Um, Ender Cole makes an appearance in there as, you know, because he's, he's important to that, to that particular subject. Cause he appears like right after the bridge collapse and John Keel goes to Point Pleasant to go investigate and go to document this stuff. And that's where Ender Cole makes, makes his appearance known, but not supposedly John Keel actually talked to Ender Cole is what I understand. I've not read the book, and I really want to. I want to read all of his books. John Keel's got like nine or ten books or something. It's crazy. But I want to read them. But Mothman Prophecies, I want to read because I've seen clips of the movie. You're not missing much, dude. The movie sucked. Yeah. The, I will say, though, that phone call part within your cold is creepy as it can be. Like that, like that scene, if they could have made the entire movie at that level, it would have been amazing. But a lot of people who have read the book and saw the movie are like, the movie is a very, 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 very loose adaptation of the book. Like, extremely loose adaptation of the book. But supposedly, John Keel had communication within your cult, supposedly. And I would like to know exactly what was said. But, um, and what happened there. But, but yeah, it, Ender Cold is a very interesting character, to say the least. And um, he's a popular enough figure that there's been songs written of him and sort of about him. Um, there's a lot of fan art you can find regarding Ender Cold. Um, he is con- some people have considered him to be a, a cryptid, but I don't know if that, I don't think he's technically a cryptid. I think he might be more extraterrestrial than a cryptid. Cryptid would assume he's a creature. Well, more of a monster type, but. Cryptid basically just means that your origins are unknown, right? right? Uh, to a point, like yeah. questionable, you could be an alien, but we don't really know. Right. That's why the Mothman's a cryptid. He could be an alien. Who well, knows? And the other theory about In Your Cold is that it's a hoax that went too far. Where someone took what happened in Point Pleasant and was like, hey. But again, the issue with that is, let's say Darren Berger was telling the truth and that, yes, this man visited him, like parked his, flew over his vehicle and landed in front of him and then walked up. How do you fake that? Like, how do you fake this weird craft? And then on top of that, you do it enough to where this journalist comes down and you end up calling him and just to make a point, I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense. Or it could be that... The this whole, is before the time where you could say it was a drone or something. Too. Right. I mean, it's 1966. Well, that happened in 66. I imagine... I think John Keel visited a little uh, later on. I think he visited like closer to the late 60s, early 70s when John Keel went down there. 
So to me, and then, and, and then on top of that, like, that's just, like, even if that was an elaborate hoax, like, how, how do you hoax all that? To me, like, and that would assume that Darren Berger was a liar. Even if Darren Berger was a liar, supposedly the information that John Keel got from him would have, I mean, that's a whole new level of hoax. Yeah. So I don't know. To me, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I don't believe it to be a hoax, but I don't know. I could be wrong, I guess. I've never heard. Um, it's funny, like, if he's an alien walking around with the name Ingrid. <laughs> it's so, <laughs> you do not expect that. Right. I mean, it's like such an old 1800s style name. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just a weirdly odd because you think Ingrid and your mind almost says Ingrid. Yeah. But Ingrid is such a bizarre, odd name to just, I mean, that's like Ingrid Cole. I mean, that is like some like George Lucas Star Wars name, you know, just to yeah. come up with out of the ether. Injured. Injured Elba, the actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just add a D. So, to put it in... I don't know. To, to, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this. Um, I I don't think the inner cold is a fake. I to put it simply, I think I think he's real. But as far as his origin, I guess I would put him at alien. What was his purpose, though? Well, I mean, what he told Ehrenberger is he wanted to find out more about the human race. He wanted to study the human race. That's just so vague, you know. I agree, and and but I mean, but see, I mean, because a lot of people believe that's what a lot of aliens want. All yeah. these different alien species, where it's the greys or it's those blonde-headed. But why would he people? reveal himself to this guy just to tell him, "Hey, I want to know more about you guys"? Wouldn't it be more advantageous just to stay from a distance and study him? I guess if he's wanting more direct information, yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. It, but then your test subject is compromised because it's going to tell you what it thinks you want to hear. It's I mean, not going to just act like it does. I guess it would depend on any kind of, like, if you were interviewing, like, because maybe that was like Indrid's tactic was I'm going to find a, a human and I'm going to talk to him and I'm going to ask him questions and I want answers to these specific questions. Questions that you yeah. knew you couldn't get answered simply by observation. You just sat and watched me eat four pieces of pizza. Mm -hmm. If you sat me down just now, though, you watched me eat four pieces. If you sat me down and said, hey, how much pizza do you normally eat? Oh, two slices. Because I don't want to seem fat, right? I want to tell you what I think you need to hear. Well, I mean, if... Okay, it's like this. And I, I guess I get it to a point, because it's like... Okay, National Geographic, they go, like, if they want to go look at cheetahs, they don't go to the zoo. 
Yeah. Right. They go watch them in the wild. They go watch them in the wild. They don't let them know they're there either. Right. But if you are a regular guy, like say John Keel or, or Darren Berger or whatever, and let's say that Okay, let's do this. Let's put it in another context. Okay. If you are um, a celebrity journalist, okay. okay, you work for Inside Edition or whatever. TMZ or whatever. And <laughs> you absolutely could find out quite a bit about, I don't know, let's pick a dumpster fire, Lindsay Lohan, right? Oh, God. And, and you want to find out what Lindsay Lohan is up to. Sure, you can. She's a couple kind of dumpsters. Oh, yeah. From what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you could go, okay, well, we're going to assign a journalist to just shadow her. You know, she doesn't know that we're there and we just watch her. Yeah. You can and find out what she's up to. And you can take pictures and go, oh, look, she went to Starbucks for the fifth time today. Cool. But you can kind of get to understand some of it if you instead just say, Let's talk to Lindsay Lohan and figure out what she's up to. Yeah. When she's not at Starbucks for the 20th time this week. You see what I'm saying? So, and yeah, she might pull your leg and she might blow some smoke up your backside. Sure. She's going she's gonna to fluff her story and make herself look better than she, she, sure. But in this case, you have this guy who's, I think Darren Berger was a farmer, I think. And, you know, how I mean, he's just a regular guy. I mean, what's he going to fluff up? Yeah. I mean, he's already pretty much dumbfounded that here's this being standing this massive, stupid grin on his face and telepathically communicating with him if that story is true. So you really can't lie because if he can read your thoughts, if he could, tell, if he could telepathically communicate, he's going to know you're full of crap. True. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, if he can if he can communicate in your mind, then he can he he know you're lying. He knows you're lying. Yeah. Now, to elaborate on that, and me and you talked about this briefly before we sat down to record, is John Keel had said that he didn't really believe a lot of the stuff that Ender Cold was saying. That he felt like Ender Cold was pulling his leg. So, I mean, there's, there's that. So even if, and, and supposedly that is how it came about, is that uh, John Keel did get to somehow get to talk to Ender Cold. And I, and, and I would like to elaborate on, on, on what, was, what happened because I've not read the book and I really want to. And that might be something I, I get to do before we actually do the episodes on John Keel. Because him, even without reading his books, him as an individual is a very interesting. Yeah, he's a very interesting guy. I've only heard of him uh, today, so I, you know, and I know all kinds of stuff about the Mothman. Oh yeah, John so. Keel is like he's like the OG, the Mothman. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's weird. But um, but yeah, Ender Cold, he is. I don't know, like, I think it'd be interesting to actually, because I mean. As an as an individual entity with the story, with and, and I mean it's not a big story, right? I mean, yeah. Ender Cold, the incidents that, and it's not been many. 
Well, how many stories are there of people saying, oh, yeah, an alien came down and talked to me? Like, right. there's so many of them. But the, I think the reason why the Ender Cold story is so big is because it's relation to the Mothman. Yeah. Because it happens right after the bridge collapse. Like, right. We're talking, like, within a few weeks, I think. So... And it's riding that wave. Right. And Point Pleasant, if you guys are are familiar with a lot of paranormal stuff, Point Pleasant seems to be like this epicenter of the Fortean. It's a mountain town, <clears throat> woods, very heavily wooded. Yeah. And there's uh the Mothman. Like you could literally find Bigfoot there. Yeah, they've said that they've seen Sasquatch there. They've yeah. seen they've had UFO encounters. Uh um matter of fact. Ingrid Cold, after he showed up, there were incidents where people in Point Pleasant started seeing black Cadillacs and Buicks and men in black. Yeah. So it's very similar to like Brown County State Park, like except hills and very wooded. Imagine a lot more strange crap happening. Yeah. Pretty frequently. It's basically Stephen King's hometown. Matter <laughs> of fact, uh, every single year. Uh, Point Pleasant has a massive Mothman festival. There's even yeah. a statue There's of a, the Mothman yeah. in town. But they have a massive party basically every year. Um, and there's people dressed up like the MIB. There's they have souvenir shops souvenir for Mothman. People, they people got a pizza devoted to yes, Mothman. People dressed up like Mothman. There's cakes. Uh, <laughs> supposedly, I've even heard of peop where people have dressed up trying to look like in your cold, yeah. which I think is creepy enough. But, uh, but yeah, so... Yeah, so Point Pleasant is is a very small town. The problem is though, they always make Mothman cute, right? Yeah. Like with the little candies and the pizza and all that stuff. Right. But if you see drawings of him or a picture of him, he's not cute. He looks like Remember Batman Begins? Mm -hmm. Remember when he poisoned, he turned the poison on the scarecrow? Yes. And then the scarecrow saw Batman and he was red-eyed with the nasty things yeah. and the wings. That's what Mothman would look like. Yeah, that's that's basically. He's what, not cute. No, and, and and that's basically what he looks like based on yeah. uh, witness description. He's a demon. He looks like a demon. He basically. really does. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was. Yeah, it really wouldn't surprise me if he was. Right. But some people think that Mothman is interdimensional. Uh. Some people have said that Mothman's actually another alien. There's he doesn't look like a moth at all. Like, nothing about him resembles a moth. And see, I've always thought the same thing. Is like, yeah. he doesn't look like a moth, so I don't know where... Moths are kind of cute, you know? They're little white, fuzzy, like, they're, yeah. they're kind of cute. This guy does not look like a moth, man. No. <laughs> Mothman? Oh, look what I did. Oh, I was like, wait, what? Moth, man. Yeah, I was like, what? Man. Man. <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I I never understood where the name came from because no. I've seen those like sketches and I'm like, don't look and like a moth. Something about a moth. It's not harmful. You're not worried. You know, oh, I'm scared of this moth. They're, there's they like light. That's all they do. Yeah. If I see this thing, I'm I'm gonna be worried. Yeah. Even if even if he wasn't a harbinger of doom, just seeing this. I see a moth factory. and I, I don't even try to kill it. I'm like, it's harmless. Yeah. It's, it's not gonna do anything to you. So. Except if you touch it and he has that weird dust all over your well, face. Oh, yeah, that's weird too. But And when you're a kid and you touch a moth for the first time, uh, what yeah. is that? But it's not like a wasp. Wasps oh. are scary. Yeah, wasps are scary. You want to kill a wasp when you see it. Yeah. Not a moth. I might want to chill it. I don't know. I'd be, I'd be, 
I'd want to kill Mothman though. I think if I saw that. Well, Mothman, yes, yeah, I'd shoot that. But not a moth. That's oh. what I'm saying. Why would they name it Mothman? I don't. It, it's nothing I, to do with a moth. I don't know. It's just so yeah. bizarre. So that's weird. Yeah, I don't. Bat. He looks like a Batman. He looks more like Batman than he does a moth. Yeah. Just call him Bat. Copyright. Yeah. See, I think. I th- yeah. Someone's like, he looks like he looks like Batman, and they're like, you can't do copyright. That. You can't. Dang do it! That. that was so perfect. Bob Kane will sue you. Oh yeah. Warner Brothers. Yep. So I don't know. To me, it's Ender Cold. Like I said, I I think that I think that's the reason why. Even I think that's the reason why he stuck out as his association with that time and in that place. Yeah. If it was, if it happened in Billings, Montana. I'm kind of imagining Ender Cole is like because you're talking about the smile and all this stuff in human mm-hmm. form. I'm kind of imagining him with like the body of like Slender Man, with like the face of the Joker, with the well, never-ending smile. They said, if I remember right, based on Darren Berger's description, he had a metallic-looking suit. I think it was green, if I remember right. It was like metallic, like this metallic green, and it, and to him, it's he felt like it looked. Metallic, like it looked. Now it like, sounds like Max Headroom or something. <laughs> I thought the same thing. It was like, um, they they described it almost like. I I think Darren Berger said it looked like it was made of metal. Yeah, like it looked metal. Um, but yeah, it it's nuts. Like, huh. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's the reason why he's so big. Yeah, and th- so this is so this is in detail how Darren Berger described what he looked like. A deep tan, unusual for that time of year, but the extraordinarily broad grin. But this man was easily the most striking thing about his appearance. And as soon as the man exited, he began to head in Darren Berger's way. As the distance sh- shortened, Darren Berger noted this man had a dark overcoat on it. Beneath that, he wore a metallic-looking uniform. It was green and glistened in the limited light. This man's arms were folded, and both sets and knuckles seemed to nestle within its own armpits. The man spoke. He identified himself as Ender Cold and said he came from a place less powerful than the United States. Less powerful? Mm-hmm. He was very reassuring, admitted huh. that he was flesh and blood, just like Woodrow, and in no way special or spectacular. Ender also openly encouraged Woodrow to report the encounter to the authorities, and confirmation would follow. Before he returned to his vehicle, Ender revealed that this would be just the first of several such meetings the pair would have. The whole message was delivered by something similar to telepathy, and not a single word was spoken verbally. Both Ender Cold and the vehicle departed the scene. So he's like basically saying, hey, go ahead and tell the cops. Yeah, he basically was like, yeah, tell everybody. Tell everybody I was here. Like, he didn't care. Was it a sarcastic, like, I don't care, tell them? Or was it just like... Yeah, I want you, I want them to know. Possibly, I think he was sincere. I think he really wanted everybody to know, and like huh. almost like I want it to be broadcasted. I want it's like the Jesus world to know. go go out and tell the masses that I was here. Yeah, that kind of thing. So to further on this, and this comes from a website called Stork Mysteries. Um, so Ender Cole did keep his word. Woodrow received several additional visits from the same man. On some of these subsequent visits, Indrid was not alone. Darren Berger revealed that his new friends came from the planet called Lanulos and that during one visit, he was allowed to take a trip there. 
After the last of these meetings, Woodrow sought out renowned UFO investigator John Keel, who happened to also write the book about Mothman, and reported events in great detail. Purportedly, during Keel's investigations, he, he often received mysterious phone calls for someone calling himself Andrew Cold. This was nothing new for him, of course, but he did mention persons and not person. Keel believed that whoever phoned him was an informed third party. Despite this, Keel wrote a forward in Derenberger's book, Visitors from Lanios. So Keel, like I said, Keel was a skeptic, even though he was a massive investigator, and Keel believed that he was being led on. That that it may not have been like Derenberger telling someone, hey, do this, but I think it it could have been someone following along as yeah. the story unfolded and then but the fact that he knew how how to find Keel. So there was another one. Um and this one isn't as as talked about. That on the very same night, on the very same road, and this still comes from the same website, two other men saw an elongated object land in front of their vehicle. They were also forced to stop, and they watched as the man disembarked and headed their way. He wore a dark coat and folded up both arms in such a way that could be considered uncomfortable. He asked both men questions that seemed pointless to them, but before the man returned to the craft, it subsequently took off. And they noticed that... Uh, Huh. So they talked about the first visit too, and I and and I like I said I don't like that one because I don't they don't they don't describe it the same as Ender Cold. Yeah. Because they'd say he's bald, no ears, no nose, and that's not and and light complected, and then it's not what Ender Cold looked like by description. So what we do know is that no one has seen Ingrid Cold since the 1960s. <laughs> so some people believe that he didn't exist at all. Some people believe that he might be connected to the men in black. This sounds familiar, huh, doesn't it? People didn't see him for a while, so now they just assume he's gone or he never existed. Yeah, right. Uh, huh. Just elaborate hoax. Kind of reminds me of my man, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Huh. And it's funny that this article at the very end. Not to get religious here, but. Um, we already did this, too. It's, uh, it's kind of funny. So at the very end of this article, they say that nonetheless, he has earned a legendary reputation. And this is. A legendary reputation? Yeah. Okay. And because there, some people say that it's a hoax, but they said, nonetheless, he's earned a legendary, legendary reputation that persists to this day among the men in black and the black-eyed kids. Ha! We already did that. Nah, 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 nah. We're smarter than the article. Yeah, because I didn't even And John Keel. And John Keel, man, you know, like, that dude is... He's pretty smart. He is pretty smart. But I would even like, if he like Even if this is all false and fake and he made it all up, he's still smart because look at the following he got. The Mothman, like it's one of the most well-known cryptids. Yep. So he, good job, man. Yeah, I think, like I said, I and and that's the thing is like, and John Keel's not his his decision to not just accept everything that was being talked to him by Indra Cold. Mm -hmm. His and this happens throughout almost everything that he writes that he just doesn't openly accept everything that's being communicated to him. Yeah. 
because he thinks that in some ways, in some cases, he's, he's being lied to. Now, as in the article points out, that John Keel believes to a point that it might have been somebody else saying he was in your cold and he really wasn't. Yeah. But with everything that was being talked about, I mean, because if Darren Burger comes out in public and says, hey, by the way, there's this weird alien dude. But see, here's the thing, too, is that there was at least two other guys that saw the exact same individual. And supposedly they're not connected. The two guys that saw Ender Cold the same night as Derenberger, they're not connected, supposedly. So, again, I... I, I just... I, <laughs> all right. I'm going to tell... I just, <laughs> I just made case... What signal did I just give you? You got a poop. I did the symbol. What was that movie? Meet the Parents, wasn't yeah. it? Where the baby was like, poop. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, wait. Uh, Is that the real sign language thing for I it? have no idea. Oh. <laughs> At work, we do this. Yeah. So I, boop. I know you guys can't see this, and it's probably for the Just best. imagine the meet the parents, <laughs> I got a poop symbol. <laughs> and Casey immediately recognized it. I didn't expect him to know what it meant, but uh, So, but, <laughs> and the close... Uh, this, uh, I guess, is, yes, I'm with Noah. I don't believe that Inner Cold would be as big as he is if it hadn't been where and when. Yeah. That's, I think that's... It's the, like he capitalized off the Mothman because people were already willing to believe. Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying it's fake. It might be real. I, I don't know. I think Inner Cold is real. Writers, writers are good at being persuasive and making you believe things. It could just be a fantastic piece, piece of fiction. It could be. I just yeah. with the with the eyewitness accounts. I don't believe it's fake. What I do believe could be fake would be the phone calls yeah. to, to John Keel while John Keel was trying to investigate everything. I do believe that could be fake. But like I said, with the two sightings, the same night, same stretch of highway, and the three witnesses, the two being in the same vehicle. With, mm -hmm. But the fact that you have Darren Berger who saw him first and then the other two guys saw him later on and neither one knew that, that they saw each other or they'd seen the same thing different times. I think that that points to some of its authenticity. Yeah. But, um, again, guys, this is all open to your interpretation. These are anecdotal at best. So, I mean, unless John Keel recorded the phone calls, which by the way, in Mothman, the Mothman movie, you see uh, John Klein, who is the offshoot of John Keel. John Keel. Yeah, he's trying to record the phone call. John Keel didn't do that. Back in the '60s, too, recording a phone call wasn't as simple as an app on your phone. Yeah, like you had to get a whole freaking system. Yeah, I mean, set up and a microphone, an actual you physical to, recorder. You didn't have speakerphone, so you had to literally tap into your phone headset. Yeah, and hotwire it into that. Like no. Yeah, and 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 you, in the movie you see John Klein hit the hit the record button on a tape recorder. Yeah, and he's trying to record the whole conversation, and that didn't happen. No, because if that had happened, Kill would have released the tapes, I believe. Yeah, like the going and, and even if he didn't believe it was actually in your cold, that he would have done it to expose the lie. And setting yourself up to record phone calls back then was a science experiment. Like yeah, and 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 Kill was respected enough as a researcher he wasn't going to hinge his reputation on just going oh by the way in your cold 100% without a doubt phone called me several yeah. times while I was in Point Pleasant like he wouldn't have done that that's just not the type of guy he was right so 
I, like I said, I personally believe that there's a lot to authenticate him, even if it's anecdotally. But I don't believe the phone calls to Kiel were real. That's my that's my take. So we we just want to do the whole inner cold just because a lot of people don't know about him. Some do, some don't. Some think he's he was just this piece of character that was written just for the movie. He wasn't. Um, so do the information what you want. A lot of times, guys, as you know, we only bring information out kind of superficially as to, so we can make it nice and concise. Inner Cold is one of those things where there was just a handful of sightings. There's literally just a handful of information about him, but he's still interesting enough to talk about. Yeah. Um, but in closing, guys, if you guys are listening to us and you think that someone else out there that you know would like to listen to us, make sure to share it with Share them. us on Facebook. We have, we're out there on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, and a handful of smaller ones. Um, but check us out. And again, the Teespring store is open. I'm going to be ordering my, actually, I'm going to be ordering my hoodie to this week, actually. So, you know, so I can flaunt my gear. You know? I would order one, but they don't make big and tall and you don't want to see me in a belly shirt. So it's kind of awkward. I'll tell you what, though, I do have one thing to say. Um, we have a handful of variety of fans and listeners. And, uh, if, <laughs> If Lindsay Lohan's one of them, I'm sorry we called you a dumpster. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you hear it. <laughs> Come after Casey, not me. Miss <laughs> Lohan, you're a treasure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you just sucked on some lemons. No, yeah. Good? Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, uh, we will be back in the studio uh, early next week to to do part two of the Demonic Possession series, and we are going to do a third episode. We were going to do some Christmas-themed st stuff, but I can't think of anything good off the top of my head, and I don't want to do something just to do it. Yeah, I, I was kind of the same way, because everybody does around this time. Everybody talks about Krampus. Yeah, we did that already. I think we did it, and yeah. everybody does Krampus, and it's like, he is so overdone. It's overdone. So I'll think of something up over the weekend to do on top of the demonic possession episode, uh, the second part of that. And I don't know what it'll be yet. Um, I'm tossed between about three or four different things. So once we get there, I will post it on Facebook. So with that said, you guys have a good weekend and we will talk to you guys later. See you later.